Hello, happy Wednesday to everyone. Hope you guys are doing well. I'm excited to share the word with you guys this evening. So as you come on, tag and share. If you don't mind. There we go. People starting to load on there. Please tag and share as you guys come on. Hello. Hey, Malaya, how are you? Congrats on being accepted to the doctoral program. Happy for you. Hey, Pastor Edwin. Hey, Chandra. Hope you guys are having a great day. As you guys come on, tag and share, and we're going to get rolling tonight. I'm trying to pull up my feed on my personal page. Hey, Davina, how are you? I guess it's there. I can't see it. Uh, all right, we're just going to roll with it. Hope everybody's doing well. I'm trying to see the comments. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Thank you so much for, for joining Refresh Bible Study. I'm going to try to clean off this iPhone camera real quick. Ava had it today, so uh, it may be a tad bit dirty. So I apologize for the shakiness. That may or may not have helped some. All right, we're going to wait just a couple more minutes and we're going to get started. So while you're sharing the video, starting watch parties, all that stuff, go ahead and let me know where you're listening from. Make sure to tag a friend, invite a friend, especially if they've never heard or had anybody talk about the righteousness of God. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. And it's one of those topics that uh, people... It's hard for some people to understand knowing that they are right with God. They're complete with God. And so if you know anybody who struggles with self-esteem or understanding who they are in Christ or anything like that, this would be a very good message to share. All right. What's up, Leslie and Conway? Pastor Chris, Little Rock. All right. I'm going to wait probably one or two more minutes. And then, because I, I didn't get on right at the time. Hey, Kathleen, what's up? Jermaine, how are you? Glad to have you on at Refresh Bible Study tonight. You guys can tag and share. I don't think I saw Say It. He's usually on here. So somebody can tag Say It. I can't get my stream to come up, so I can't do it. Uh, but if you guys can tag him. And while we're waiting, uh, I'll go ahead and tell you, if you haven't heard Sunday's message, uh, go ahead and go over to focchurch.com and, and listen to that. Uh, Pastor Edwin did a great job uh, teaching, continuing his series, uh, and it, it really blessed, blessed me. Just the perfect way that he lays out the word and to see how our knowledge of the word increases our faith and gives us the ability to be okay and know that we'll be fine in such 
such times as these without fear or anxiety. So uh, I encourage you to go over to focchurch.com and check out the last few messages uh, that Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean both have taught. They're both, they're all four of those messages are on there. If you go to uh, focchurch.com and click watch and listen, you'll be able to access those messages there, as well as you can subscribe to our podcast via iTunes, Google Play Store, uh, we also are Pandora and a couple others. If Kev is watching, he, he can tag what all media outlets we're on as far as podcasts go. But our job is to make sure that you get the word because by hearing the word, your faith grows. And when our faith grows, that we're able to see everything that God has for us in our lives. So uh, we, we love the word at FOC. Uh, we love the word. So I got 833. So I'm going to be respectful of your time tonight. Uh, we got a little bit to cover, so we're going to go ahead and get started. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you're awesome and righteous, Father. We thank you for your grace and your mercy, and that we can be assured that as your children, that you will always keep us safe, Father, even when things around us may be looking dismal and, and, and frightening, God, that we have nothing to worry, worry about because your perfect love casts out all fear and that you promise to prepare a table for us even when things come against us. So God, we stand confident in knowing that you will provide every need that we have. We thank you that right now in the name of Jesus that we'll be at peace at all times in our life and that you will fill us with joy. And Father, as the word comes forth tonight, we pray that it fall on good ground, bring forth great fruit so that the manifest, manifest station of your kingdom may be seen in this earth and men may be drawn to the light that we exempt that we exemplify here in the earth in jesus name amen amen well i'm pretty excited to teach the word tonight uh and so we're just gonna take off this last today we're gonna continue our series and today may be a little different i may look down a little more because i've i've written out my notes a little more extensive than i have in the past because i want to make sure i cover everything uh, and not just, uh, sometimes I get excited and I go too fast. So I wrote down a lot more things today just to make sure I cover everything. So today we're going to continue our series, The God Kind of Faith. Over the past few weeks, we have covered the following steps to develop the God Kind of Faith. Number one, the first week we talked about knowing the integrity of God's word. And we talked about our reality of redemption in Jesus Christ. And then last week we talked about the reality of our new creation. And today we're going to talk about knowing the reality of our righteousness in Christ. You can go ahead and say that. Say, I am in right standing with God. We have all been given a measure of faith. Therefore, we are all, aren't trying to get faith. However, we are strengthening our faith. We are becoming more aware of what our Father has provided for us and how to access it. So the reason that we're going over these steps isn't so that we can get faith. You already have faith. The purpose of going over this, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing, or uh, Pastor Edwin talks about hearing infinitum. So hearing over and over again, we strengthen that muscle of faith so that it may perform better. And so that's what we're doing now. It says faith comes by hearing the word and it begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Without knowing what God has, without knowing what God has said, we cannot be in faith. So there is no faith that you can exemplify without having a word from God. You can hope, you can wish, you could be, you could be very full of joy. You could be all of those things. But if you don't have a word from God, you can't be in faith. 
So these steps that we're diving into are designed to help us strengthen our faith muscle by becoming more familiar with the word and the Holy Spirit. We are always believing in faith, but it is what we believe that matters. You're always in faith. The question is, what are you believing? Do we believe in the law of life in Christ Jesus and all that he has, or do we still believe in the law of sin and death? And we're going to talk about that tonight because to understand your righteousness, you're going to have to understand that righteousness is a gift from God. It isn't something you can achieve. It isn't something you can work for. It isn't something that you can manifest on your own. You can't be good enough to be right. God chose to make you, make you right. And so we have to, by faith, receive our righteousness so that we can exist under the law of life in Christ Jesus to inherit the promises that he has for our life. So week one, here's a micro review of what we talked about week one. In week one, we established that God's word does not fail. It has integrity. It has the power to accomplish what it was sent out to do. We know that his word established the heavens and the earth and that his word, when spoken by us in faith, will move mountains. We know that whatever we pray for, believing we will receive. That was part of week one. We know the integrity of God's word. Additionally, we know that we are redeemed. God has made an exchange. He took our sin to give us freedom. He took death and gave us life, and he canceled destruction and provided victory. That was all in week one. All right, week two, micro-review. In week two, we refreshed our memory on the fact that we are new creatures in Christ. God has chosen to forgive our sins. He always sees us covered in Christ. Say, I am covered in Christ. We do not have to pay penance for sins of past, current or future, but Christ's sacrifice on Calvary took care of all your sin. So we talked about last week that I owe no penance. I don't have to pay for sin in the past, sin in the current, or sin in the future. Christ's blood on cross on the cross paid for all of my sin, so I am good now because I am covered in Christ. That doesn't mean we go out and sin freely, but that we allow God's love to bring us in alignment with his will for our lives. I am a new creation in Christ. I am complete and perfect in his eyes. I am complete and perfect in his eyes. And that's what we talked about last week, being a new creature. We are perfect in God's eyes. And so this week, we're going to talk about the need for righteousness. Why do we need to be righteous? First of all, and I'm going to do my best to stick to my notes. But first of all, you need to be righteous because you can't even come into the presence of God being unrighteous. The Bible says that all unrighteousness is sin. And so if I am unrighteous, then I can't even be in the presence of God because I will be in sin and God and sin don't mesh. It's like oil and water. If you put them in the same bottle, they're not going to mix. Why? Because they're different viscosities. They don't mix. So with sin, God doesn't mix. So I need to be righteous so that I can access the Father. It says everyone has sinned, not and for a sin, we sin for what we're talking about tonight. Simply is not meeting God's expectations, missing the mark. So we don't got to think about our cousin who is a drug addict or or, or whoever's hoeing around or whoever's on drugs or whoever's stealing money. That's not we thought. What we got to think about. All I want you to think about when it comes to sin is that sin is missing the mark. So it says everybody has missed the mark. 
Romans 3 and 23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So the Bible even say you don't miss the mark. I don't care how perfect you think you are, how great you are, how, how good of a child you were growing up. You didn't get no whoopings. You never went to time out. I mean, even now as, as an adult, you just lived the perfect life. But it doesn't even matter because you are still a sinner. Why? Because you were born into sin. Psalms 51 and 5 says, for I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, me. I was a sinner. Why? Because you were born into the sin and everybody born, everybody breathing is breathing is in need of a savior. So why do I need righteousness? Because I need a savior. I am a sinner or was a sinner and I am in need of a savior. It says the need to be redeemed is a need that all humanity shares. Regardless of your actions, your wealth, your generosity, your good deeds, you will still go to hell if you don't accept Christ as your Savior. It don't matter if Bezos gave away all of the billions he did to every church across the world to ensure that the gospel was taught everywhere. If he doesn't accept Jesus as his Lord and Savior, he will still go to hell because good works doesn't qualify you to access heaven. Neither do those good works qualify you to be righteous. It is only by faith does man receive salvation and it's by faith that man receives righteousness. It says more so, even after accepting Christ, if you do not know what your salvation entitles you to, you will go to heaven after death, but live like hell on earth. And so that's where we don't want to be. A lot of people on this uh, on this Bible study tonight, you're saved. You accepted Jesus as your personal savior. You will go to heaven after you, you, you depart the earth, your physical body. After you die, you'll go to heaven. But the question is, how are you living now? Are you living like God wants us to live, the John 10 and 10 life that I've come so that you may have that life and life more abundantly? Or are you experiencing tor turmoil, torment? Is the enemy always attacking you and you feeling like you're always losing? Are things never working out on your behalf? Because just because you're saved doesn't mean that you access everything that salvation has to offer. Satan cannot conquer God. So he comes after you because you're just like God. God put us in the earth to, to rule over the earth. We are gods in this earth. And Satan is also in this earth. Though he can't attack you physically, what he does is God is fixing his mind. What he does is he tries to get us in our mind. Satan cannot physically harm us, but he can steal the word. Therefore, causing death in our identities and destroying our ability to glorify God. Satan is a thief and you got to call him for what he is. He comes and tries to steal the word because if he knows that he can steal the word from us, if he can cause that word to be on to be planted on, on anything but good ground, it cast to the side and grew roots and it withered up, or it got choked out by thorns. The enemy is always coming to steal the word because if he can steal the word, if he can cause you to have twisted or wicked thinking concerning the word of God, then he knows he can prevent you through your own thinking from inheriting what God has for you through your righteousness. It is this unstable and wicked thinking that causes us to become unbelieving believers. We rely more on our flesh than on God, and we find ourselves being entitled to heaven after death, but living life on earth tormented and far below the glory God desires. So it is. So I will not live life below the glory that God desires. I, 
I will not live life below the glory that God desires. I will not allow the enemy to steal the word from me so that I will not rely on what God has for me. I am fixed in my thinking, knowing that I am the righteousness of God. And what we got to do, here's some of the twisted things that God, I mean, that the enemy does. He makes you think that God puts something on you. It isn't God that's putting things on you. God isn't called isn't the cause of COVID. God isn't the cause of your grandmother dying. God isn't the cause of you getting cancer. God isn't the cause of flu. God isn't the cause of you losing your job. We got to understand it is Satan or our own decisions to disobey God, but it is not God that's causing torment in our lives. God hasn't given you the flu, caused you to lose your job, have a divorce, be in a car accident, or taking away what you love. That's not God. God is not capable of doing harm. You might as well type that. God's not capable of doing harm because what you got to do at the front end is know the integrity of who God is. God does not do harm. God is a good God who only gives you good and perfect gifts. God is a good God that's only capable of causing your life to be more abundant. It is not God that causes you to see torment. He is only able to provide good and perfect gifts. And this ain't me talking. This is the word. James 1 and 17. He is only able to bring life and abundance, peace and joy. James 1 and 17. It is God that brings good things. Psalms 85 and 12. The Lord will indeed provide what is good. Hallelujah. It's God providing what is good. God is a giver. He is not a taker. God is a blesser. He is not a curser. Those days of being under the curse was under the law. We don't live under the law. We live under the life of Christ Jesus. We live under grace. So God isn't causing bad things to happen to you. And you got to know that that's, that's the truth of the word. Let's go to 1 John 1 and 5. And this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. It's impossible for God to bring darkness because everywhere God goes, it's illuminated and it's light. And that word light means more than just going in a dark room and turning on the light. That's a great visual, visual but that word light means abundance. That, there is light, that word light means prosperity. That word light means provision. Everywhere God goes, there is everything you need to flourish in your life. So God's not capable of being bad to you. First Peter, and I'm just telling you what the word says, because what the enemy would do is make, and I, and I haven't gotten to listen to Pastor Edwin's uh, thing, but he's, what I read was that God hasn't forgotten you. And, and what the enemy wants you to believe is that God doesn't, God has forgotten about you. God isn't hearing your prayers. God is just going to leave you out there hanging. God, that ain't the God that you serve. First Peter 2 and 2 says, he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. God cannot lie. He said he would bless you. Therefore, he'll bless you. You don't got to be concerned about the God that's taking. God is not taking. God is giving. God is not causing bad things to happen to you. God is causing you to prosper. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. I don't got to worry about my God lying. That's why number one was what? Know the integrity of God's word. Because if you don't believe God's word is true, nothing else that we talk about even matters. But you got to know that God is a good God. God gives us access to his presence through salvation. Salvation promises us 
access to heaven after death, but it promises us so much more now. So much more. If salvation was only about going to heaven, then we could just get saved, die, and go to heaven. But I'm not sure about you. When I got saved, I didn't die. I'm still here. Why? Because what God has for us through salvation is more than eternal life. It's about living heaven on earth. And that's why he has given us the ability to be gods in this earth. And he has given us authority so that we can call everything that's in heaven into the earth and we can manifest his kingdom on earth and all men will be drawn to the love, to the manifestation of the kingdom of God. It says salvation means preservation or deliverance from harm, risk, destruction, ruin, ruin, or loss. In the Greek, the word salvation means soteria or sozo. It's to, to be restored to a state of safety and soundness, health and well-being. So when you got saved, you might have thought it was just about eternal life. Yeah, that was only part of it. That's just, I mean, because who wants to get saved at 12 and then live a hellish life till I'm 90 and then go to heaven when I'm 90? Who wants to live, what was that, 78 years of hell just to make it to heaven? That's not what your God set up for you. He said that right now that you can have an abundant life, a life of, a life of nothing missing, nothing broken. He says, that I've come to, so that you can have peace, shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, that I will be your healer. I will be your restorer. I will be your keeper. I'll be your prince of peace. He says, whatever you need, I'm able to become. That's the God that you serve. It says that in short, what salvation does, salvation promises you victory preservation, and access to the presence of God. So when I got saved, what it did, it gave me eternal life, but it gave me something else. It gave me access to the presence of God. So when I got saved, what I got in that moment was access to the presence. Why is the presence important? Because in the presence of God, everything that I ever would need, think I would need and exceed my imagination has become available to me because I now have access to the Father. Before I got saved, I didn't have that access. Salvation gave me membership into the kingdom of heaven. Now I can go in and out as I need to through faith in Christ to get what I need out of heaven and put it here in this earth. That's what salvation did. Salvation is not just eternal life. It's much more than that. Salvation gives me preservation. Salvation gives me deliverance. Salvation prevents me from ruin. Salvation prevents me from loss. Salvation is safety and soundness and health. So when I got saved, I got so many more benefits. Salvation is like, like our insurance. A lot of us, we got insurance. We don't even know what all it covers. We just know that if the house burn, the big things, right? We know if the house burns down, I could get repayment for the house burning down, but we don't read the insurance to know that it covers all these little small things. Like one time, uh, I lost the key fob to my truck, um, and uh, I was going to pay it, and the Holy Ghost was like, why don't you call your insurance? I'm like, what they got to do with insurance? And so I was like, okay, I'll call them. I called the insurance. I said, hey, y'all wouldn't happen to cover keys. She's like, matter of fact, we do. All I need for you to do, go pay for the key, bring me the receipt, and I'll reimburse you. But because I hadn't read the fine print, I was going to pay out of my pocket for something that had already been paid for through my, my monthly, my yearly annual premiums. And that's what we're doing with God. God has promised us through salvation, good health, 
preservation, prevention of ruin, no loss, abundant life, but we're still trying to pay for out of our flesh things that God has already promised us. Why? Because there is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is destruction. You think taking the second job going to set you free from being out of debt. But baby, if God didn't say take that second job, you ain't going to be any better off than you were before you took that job. What it will do is that your flesh will set you up to seeing what's right, to seeing what's good, only to be now more time away from your wife, more time away from your kids, more time doing this. Now your body's stressed out. You got anxiety. Sickness has come upon you all because you didn't hear God when he said, don't take that job because you felt like in your own flesh that you needed more money. But Bible says, cursed is the man to make his flesh his arm. So we got to understand that through salvation, I have access to the presence of God. Hey Amen. That's not our message, but let's keep going. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we may be made the righteousness of God. So what God did, and we're, we're going to get more into that scripture later, but he said he made him sin for us. God made Christ to become sin. He ain't never experienced sin that we may be made. So you made the right, it wasn't even your idea. And, it, and I love this part of God. God didn't ask us our opinion because he knew we would probably screw it up. God said, let me just make these folks righteous. Let me give them access to righteousness through salvation by their faith in Christ. Let me give them access. Let me just make it this way so that they can't mess it up. And all I need for them to do is believe that I've done it. They need to know the integrity of my word and that if I said it's done, it's finished. If I said they're whole, they're complete. If I said they're healed, they're healed. They ain't got to wonder if it's going to happen. It's happened already because every Everything I've spoken to existence already exists before you ever have a need of it. Before cancer, COVID, diabetes, high blood pressure ever showed up on that cross thousands of years ago, Christ took all sickness so that I wouldn't have to bear the infirmities of sickness. Christ took all of that so that I wouldn't have to take it. So as of today, I am the healed of the Lord. I am not waiting to be healed. I am already healed. And what the enemy tries to do is try to steal the word by saying, don't you feel that pain in your body? Don't you feel that pain? Don't you see your bank account not growing? Don't you see them? They ain't acting any different. You've been praying for them for years. You can't even see any change. He tries to steal the word away, but we got to be unwavered in our faith, knowing the integrity of God's word. God said that I'll be, I'm healed, so I am healed. Regardless of how my body feels, I am healed. My bank account is whole. I will not be shaken. I will not waver because I know the integrity of God's word. If my God said it, then it will. it is already finished. He ain't saying something. God ain't saying something to get it to be done. God is all, it's already done. When he told you to go after the house, he wasn't saying, he wasn't creating the house. He wasn't finding a plot of land for you. He wasn't looking for a builder. He had already orchestrated it all. It was already a finished work. Your righteousness is already a finished work. He was God's words to you today isn't to get something rolling. God's word is to you today is to confirm with you what he's already done in the past. It's already finished. Let's go to Romans 3, 21 through 26. Let's read out the message. It says, but in time, in our time, something new has been added. What Moses and the prophets witnessed to all those years 
has happened. The God setting things right that we read about has become Jesus setting things right for us. And not only for us, but for everyone who believes in him. So how does righteousness come? Righteousness comes through me believing in God. Look, it, it don't matter how many sins you commit. It don't mean you're not righteous. If I believe that I'm righteous, I am righteous. All it takes is my faith in God. That ain't Ralph, that's the word. It says, for there is no difference between us and them. It was talking about them as in the uh, the Jews, the Gentiles, and all of them. It says, since we've compiled this long and sorry record as sinners, both us and them, and prove that we are utterly incapable of living the glorious life God wills for us. God said, let, let me put it on, in, in layman's terms. God said, look, you didn't have the ability to get it done. You were utterly capable. You were going, all you knew were was failure in your flesh. That was all it was able to accomplish. I couldn't trust you to get it done. I gave you chance after chance after chance, but you always found a way to screw it up. And so what I'm going to do, the Bible says that God did it for us. That's what the word says. It proved that we are utterly incapable of living the glorious lives God wills for us. We weren't capable of doing it on our own. So God did it for us. Out of sheer generosity, hallelujah, he put us in right standing with himself as a pure gift. If somebody could get there in the message and throw it in there, it was Romans 3, 21 through uh, 26, I believe. God did it for us out of sheer generosity. Well, Ralph, how do I get righteous? You believe God? Well, why am I righteous? God chose to make you righteous. Uh, can I lose my righteousness? No. You'll always be righteous, but you may not always act like it. You're like, what do you mean? Well, Aiden will always be a Marlowe. He will always carry my DNA. He'll know the character, the integrity, the excellence that his father laid out for him. But even though he may know it doesn't mean he operates in it. And so as believers, it's not just good enough to know what our father has laid out for us. We also must operate on it. It's not the word that you know that brings change. It's the word that you know enough that it flows out of the abundance of your heart so that your mouth speaks and that your body responds and that you act on that word. That's the word that gets you changed. I mean, you can read the Bible all day, but if you're, that word isn't causing you to be stared up, if it's not overflowing out of your mouth so that when you're oppressed by, by, and when you're sucker punched by circumstances and situations that may just come out the blue and your response is not, and your response is the word, that is the word that will cause change. The thing that you listening to the most that causes you to act, that's your God. And so hopefully that's the word of God. Uh, it says, he got us out of our mess we're in and restored us to where he has always wanted us to be. And he did it by the means of Jesus Christ. Selah. He got us out of our mess. He restored us to where he wanted us to be. And he did it all by Jesus Christ. So I am the righteousness of God, not by anything that I've done. It is God did it for me. Because he is generous and he made us right with himself because it was a gift that he wanted to give us. He took us out of our mess. He put us where he wanted us to be. All this made happen through Jesus Christ. God got you out your mess, but you keep running back to your mess. 
God got you out of poverty and then you keep running back to poverty. God got you out of that bad relationship with Boo last time. You knew Boo wasn't yours, but God, you hear the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost telling you, no, nah, that ain't it. No, she ain't it. No, you need to roll on out. You need to move. This ain't it. This job ain't it. No, you don't need to move to that city. That ain't. I know you think that's a good idea. I know you think that everybody got to go there to get what you want them to get. But you stay here. I will bring provision to you. And see, that's what we got to understand. Bible says that he put us where he wanted us to be. And he did it by the means of Jesus Christ. That was verse 24. 25 and 26 says, God sacrificed Jesus on the altar of the world to clear the world of sin. Having faith in him sets us clear. See, he told you it wasn't nothing you do. This is the Bible talking to us. It ain't nothing I can do to earn what God has for me. Having my faith in Jesus Christ sets me clear. I am righteous, not because of anything I've done, but who I believe in. And if I sinned yesterday, I sinned today, I sinned tomorrow, I'm still the righteousness of God. I still have access to the presence through salvation. And because when I know, when you know that you're the righteous of God, and you know that you're in right standing with God, it allows you to boldly enter into the throne and ask God what you will, knowing that he hears your prayers. It says, having faith in him sets us in the clear. God decided on this course of action in full view of the public to set the world in the clear with himself through the sacrifice of Jesus, finally taking care of the sins he had so patiently endured. This is not only clear, but it's now. This is current history. God set things right. He also makes it possible for us to live in his rightness. He set things, so God set it right. He made it right, and then made it possible for us to enter into that rightness. Why? Because it was his idea. Why? Because it was a gift from him. Why? Because he was generous. And why? Because he needed to do that so that we could glorify him. God made, gave me the ability to be righteous so that he can give me the ability to access his goodness. Because it was always his desire for me to rule as king in earth. It took faith to overcome sin, and it will take faith to walk in our righteousness. Christ never sinned. He never touched sin. By faith, he... See, you got to understand that when Jesus... Jesus never sinned. Never came in contact with sin. Jesus received our sin by faith. When he was on that cross, Jesus believed that his ability to hang on the cross would take on all of our sin, would take on all of our sickness, would do all of that by faith. He believed by faith that occurred. He became sin by faith. He became infirmities by faith. He became sickness by faith. And by faith, we access the righteousness in Christ. So by faith, Christ became, and by faith, we become. By faith, Christ became sickness, and by faith, we, we, we become healed. It is all by faith. He took it so that we wouldn't have to experience it. He took it so that we wouldn't have to experience it. So we got to understand, we already defined righteousness. Righteousness means to be just and right. So I am just and right with God. You might as well type that. Let me see who out there. I am just and right with God. 
I don't care what your friends think about you. That's hot. I don't care what your friends think about you. I don't care what your mama think about you. I don't care what your sister think about you. I am right with God. I don't care what I think about myself because I am still right with God. Why? Because he has called me to be right. It was his idea. It was God's gift. It was his way of making me to be able to partake of my the king's table. He was inviting us to his party in heaven. He said, how can I get Ralph here? Adam the sin, sin separated me from Ralph. I want Ralph in heaven. I want him to access uh, his daddy. How can I get him here? Let me think. Let me uh, let me give them some kings. The kings didn't work. Let me give them some animal sacrifices. The sacrifices didn't work. Let the Holy Spirit come on them. Well, the Holy Spirit was only able to come on them, but it wasn't able to dwell in them to give them the same power that God had. It would just come on them. So he's like, how in the world do I get Ralph to the party that I'm having in heaven? How do I get Ralph to experience the goodness that I have for him? So he said, let me wrap up myself in the form of flesh and, and let me send Jesus down so that Jesus can have by faith receive the sin that Ralph would commit, by faith receive the sickness that may overcome Ralph, by faith receive the infirmities, the iniquities that Ralph may commit, and then by faith through his sacrifice, his perfect blood never having sin, but receive that sin by faith becoming sin, Ralph might now through access to the Holy Spirit and his blood can come to the party. He was thinking about you the whole time. He was making you right the whole time. He was setting up your future the whole time. And how in the world will a God that good from the beginning of time who set and framed the whole world for your goodness now cause something bad to happen to you? God has not forgotten about you. He has not forgotten about you. Why? Because it is all about you. It's all about you coming to the party that he threw just for you. And he orchestrated all of this from the beginning of time. Why? Because righteousness is a gift. As it states in Romans 3, righteousness is a gift graciously, graciously provided by God. It is God who chose to make us right through Christ. Righteousness cannot be earned, worked for, or achieved. It has nothing to do with your actions as a person, but everything to do with your believing by faith. Righteousness has nothing to do with your actions as a person, but everything to do with your believing by faith. Romans 5 and 17 says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace, hallelujah for grace, and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So your righteousness has nothing to do for you. It's like right now, if I got on Amazon and sent y'all a gift, y'all didn't ask for the gift. You weren't looking for the gift. I wanted you to have it because I cared enough and I loved you that I took my time out to send it to you. That's your righteousness. You didn't ask to be righteousness. God sent it as a gift. God wanted you to have it. And how rude of me not to believe God that I'm going to take it. I am going to take my righteousness. I am going to take my prosperity. I am going to take everything that God has for me. Why? Because as a gift giver, it gives me great pleasure to see the person I gave the gift enjoy it. That's why it says those who come to God, must, it's impossible to please God without faith. Why? Because every time I exercise my faith, what I am doing, I am making the giver of the gift happy. I am making him joyful. Why? Because as a when you give a gift, you want to give the gift that causes that person to smile, that sets that person free, that, that, that overwhelms them with joy. That's the type of gifts we like giving people. Or I hope you like giving people, right? 
You don't just go pick up anything and give to them. You give people what they want. And what God knew that we wanted, more so what we needed was righteousness. He knew we needed grace, and that's why he gave it to us as a gift. And we've already said that righteousness is received by faith. Even if you do not live perfect, you are still righteous. Now, righteousness grows over time as your understanding of God, the gospel, increases. So righteousness grows. My understanding of righteousness uh, will grow as my faith increases. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Righteousness is revealed from Romans 1. Well, it's right here. Romans 1 and 17. Righteousness is revealed from faith to faith. So my levels of understanding of how right I am will increase as my faith increase. My faith will increase as I hear the word. And so that's why it's always important. That's why the Lord is like, meditate on the word both day and night. Observe to do according to all that is written, written therein. Wow, so that you may make your way prosperous. Right? You may make your way prosperous. God wasn't asking us to spend time in the word. Because it wasn't important. It's because as we spend time in the word, our faith grows. As our faith grows, our revelation of our righteousness grows. And as our revelations of our righteousness grows, our right standing, our justification in, that, in the fact that we are righteous just like God, as that grows, we have a mentality that I can inherit everything that God has for me. You might as well say that. I am as righteous as God. I know it's going to shake your flesh because you got to understand. You're like, well, how can I say that? God himself is righteousness, right? God is righteousness. The only way that I access righteousness is because God wrapped himself up in the form of Jesus. Jesus came to the earth and through Jesus, I have the ability through Christ to access righteousness, but righteousness was birthed in God. So when I say I'm the righteousness of God, really what I am saying is I'm just like God. God sees me as right and justified as Jesus. Because to be righteous means to be just like God. He's the one that made you righteous. He's the one that gave you this good gift. He's the one from the beginning of time wanted you to be just like him. It's not blasphemy to say I'm just like God. That's what your daddy wants you to be. It's like all these folks were posting these pictures of their kids they first born. And some of them folks were lying. Them kids didn't look nothing like them. They didn't. But your daddy, God, wants you to look just like him in action, just like him in character, just like him in, in, in words, just like him in excellence, just like him in raise, laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover, just like him in, in raising the dead, just like him in speaking, bringing light to dark places, just like him being the salt of the earth. God wants you to be just like him. And when I understand that I am in right standing with God and that the full power of God can flow through me, then I can be just like my father. All right, let's keep going. All right, what the, all right. So we are all equal in God's eyes. Let's go to Romans 3, 21 and 22. Romans 3, 21 and 22. Uh, it states, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. As was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. 
You are made right with God by placing my faith in Jesus Christ. I am made right with God by placing my faith in Jesus Christ. I'm going to keep saying, I was made right with God by placing my faith in Jesus Christ. It wasn't anything that I did. It wasn't who, you don't get to be right by who you know. See, we a lot of times it's about networking and who you know. Well, who you know doesn't get you access to righteousness unless who you know is faith in Jesus Christ. It ain't a person. Your pastor can't make you righteous. The deacons can't make you righteous. Your mama can't make you righteous. It is only your faith in Jesus Christ that makes you righteous. Not your actions, not your good deeds, not your sin makes you unrighteous because your faith in Christ makes you righteous because we're not living under the law anymore. And that's another way that the thief steals your, and causes the wicked thinking. He makes you feel like you're living under the law. You don't got to keep a Ten Commandments. You don't got to follow all these rules, baby. You are under grace. By grace, God provided it. Our faith and grace causes us to be covered. I don't have to do anything. I have to believe. And it's through me believing my faith in Jesus Christ that I have been made right with God. And the Bible says, and this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who they are. It says, all of God's children have the same righteousness and the same standing with God. God doesn't love one person more than he does another. And he doesn't listen to one praying more than he does another person praying. God hears and helps us all. God hears and helps us all. This is the thing that differentiates everybody because in Acts 10 and 34, it says God is not a respecter of persons. God, But what God does respect is faith. He ain't a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. And how do you say that, Ralph? Because if I don't come to God in faith, then I don't have access. The Bible says right, we have been made right with God by placing what? Our faith in Jesus Christ. It is our faith that makes us whole. It is our faith that gives us the ability to move mountains. It is our faith that gives us the ability to be saved. It is our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that gives us the ability. So God is not a respecter of persons of faith, but he is a respecter of faith. So if I'm coming to God not in faith, then then that's that. That's that's not what moves God. Because to believe, when I come to God, I must believe that he is. So believing God exists, it requires faith. You ain't never seen him physically. You know, you didn't see Jesus. You didn't see the holes in his hand, the holes in his hand or the, the, the scratches on his head from the crowns. By faith, you receive salvation. By faith, you receive righteousness. By faith, you receive salvation. By faith, you receive your healing. It's the same faith. The same God that you feel like saves you, that you believe saved you and calls for eternal life to manifest, is the same God that heals. He is the same God that restores marriages. He is the same God that mends broken hearts. He is the same God that brings peace to troubled minds. He is the same God. That same blood that saved you on Calvary is the same blood that will heal you. It is the same blood that will restore every area of your life. It is the same blood that will bring bring the, your children back home from being out wild and out disobeying. It is the same blood and it's through faith in that blood that I have access to the promises of God. It says, however, if we do not think we're righteous, then it will impact our faith. So if I don't think I'm righteous, it will impact my faith. We will believe that God doesn't hear us because we're self-condemning. 
We, we will make, we will disqualify ourselves from God's finished work. It isn't that you are destroying the promise because it will always exist. The promised will always exist until you obtain, obtain it. No matter how much disobedience, no matter how much lack of faith, no matter whatever you do, the promises that God has for Michael, the promises that God has for D, the promises that God has for Jermaine, the promises God, that God has for Malaya, they will always exist. But what our self-condemning behavior will do is cause us not to access them. Self-condemning removes us from faith. It doesn't allow us to access heaven and attain what is rightfully ours. Not because God is keeping it from you, but because you are keeping it from yourself. When I choose to self-condemn, when I use to, to, to walk in condemnation, when I choose to do that, it's not that God keeps anything from me. It's me keeping me from me. It's me keeping me from attaining what God has given me because God has already placed it in the earth. The promises will always exist. And the Bible says in Matthew, I think, 13 and 15, lest at any time you see, you hear, and understand, you will then be converted. What does that mean? You will translate from the world of living under the law and convert yourself into the proper place that God has called you to be, able to obtain the promises that he has already had. He has always had in store from you. Baby, you don't got to start over from scratch with God. You pick up where you left off and then he will accelerate time on your behalf because God doesn't, is not a respecter of time. So as your faith says that this is where I'm supposed to be, God, I thank you that my faith accelerates me to my proper position in heaven. I thank you that right now that time is not a limit. So God, I thank you that everything that belongs to me is mine because I understand that I am the righteousness of God. I am just, I am right. I am just like my father. And I have every access to everything that he has for me. We have to know that we are the righteousness of God. The Bible says in James 5 and 16 that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Say this with me. Say, I am that righteous man and my prayers always work. I am that a righteous person, woman, and my prayers always work. I am James 5 and 16, the effectual fervent prayer of that righteous man. So the effectual fervent prayer of Ralph avails much. Why? Because Ralph is a righteous man. That's who I am. Not because anybody called me righteous, but God. Not because April said I'm a good husband, but God. God made me righteous. It is a gift that he generously gave to me. Amen. I'm with you, Miss H. Praise God for do over. I mean, praise God that we pick up what we left off. Amen. Let me hear you. You are righteous just like your pastor. See, let, let's talk about some of this old thinking right here. Some of y'all only believe that the, the uh, God here pastors and all that. No, no, that ain't true. Let, let's talk about it. You are righteous just like your pastor, your elder, deacon, minister, or whoever you hold in high esteem. Right? God isn't recognizing their position. God recognizes our faith and our faith is strengthened because number one, we know the integrity of God's word. Number two, we know that we're redeemed. Number three, we know that we're a new creation. And what we're talking about tonight, number four, we know that we are the righteous of God. That is what God is respecting. It is our faith. It is us knowing who we are in Christ. This is just like Aiden today. I was doing something and, and Aiden knows who he is. He knows that he is the, the, he has his daddy's heart and he knows that he's my favorite because they all my favorite. And Aiden comes and accesses me whenever he feels like it because here's the thing that you got to know about a good daddy. A good daddy is not too busy for their kids. 
A good daddy is never too busy for their kids because all I got to do, no matter what's going on in my world, is hear one of my kids cry out. And the moment I hear the cry, it doesn't matter what I'm doing, who I'm talking to, if I hear that cry, cry out, then I am stopping everything and I'm running to my kids. Praise the Lord. That's the same thing that God does for us. That's why I says, he says, I cried out to the Lord and he heard my cry and he answered it. Why? Because your father would drop everything for you. He, you are not out there alone. He still hears you. Your prayers are making it. Don't get distracted by what's going on on the outside in this world. Stay steadfast, be unmovable in what the word has. It it has integrity. It is tried and it's true and it will come to pass on your behalf. Praise the Lord. It will come to pass on your behalf. All right, let's go ahead and get through with this because we got to move on to the Holy Spirit next week. All right, so you are the... So let's go... Uh, so, oh, that's what my note says. It is our understanding of the word that strengthens our faith. Pray, this is what I know the Lord said. Pray for yourself. You always want somebody else. You are, that's what it says. It's any sick among James 5, 14 and 15. It's any sick among you. Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. All right. So you run into all the deacons. You run into your mama, your cousin, your pastors. You win everybody out to pray for you. But here's a word for tonight. Pray for yourself. Because let's look at verse 15. It wasn't that the elders had anything special. It wasn't that, that they uh, anything going on. Verse 15 says, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. It wasn't that the elders did anything different is that they prayed in faith. So baby, you got to get in the word for yourself. You got to hear God for yourself. You got to know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. And then when you go in prayer and faith, that's what saves the sick. Well, you like, Ralph, I ain't physically sick, but if you're, do you got enough money for everything that you need? Do you got more month than you got money? Does your relationships hold? Are you experiencing abundance and overflow in every area of your life? Because if you're not, there's some sick places there. And it's those, it's the prayer of the faith that shall save the sick. And the Bible says, and the Lord shall raise him up and he hath committed sins and they shall be forgiven. So pray for yourself. Quit running. And I'm not saying don't go to elders. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that sometimes you won't have access to your pastor. Sometimes your deacons won't be accessible. Their phones may not work, but they may just be on vacation. You got to pray for yourself. And it ain't that you need others to pray for you. What you need is faith. And how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So I got to spend enough time in the word until I'm convinced that what I read in the word is more real than what I see in this earth. Amen. It isn't the elders that save you, but it's the prayer of faith that saves. We have to know that the word for ourselves so that our faith can begin. Others people's faith can heal you, but you won't always have access to other people. So praise God that I, I have faith of my own. I, I, I love that Pastor Edwin and our prayer, prayer team can pray for me. But baby, if I can't make it to them, I thank you, Lord, that my faith works and that my prayers always bring results. As the righteousness of God, you have been made whole and you have faith. You were designed to write all the... 
You were designed to be right all the time. Like you got to understand God designed you to be right all the time. Like God, think about that. You were designed always to think right. You were designed always to say the right thing. You were designed always to do the right thing. You were designed always to go to the right places. You were designed always to be in the right relationships. You were designed to always be right. You were not, because that's how, that's what it means to be righteous. You were designed to always be right. But when Adam messed up, we forfeited that. But praise God for next week in the Holy Spirit. Because the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit coming on you gives me the exact ability that Adam and Jesus had to always be right. And what we got to do is spend enough time listening to the Holy Spirit, hearkening to his word, both hearing and doing what he says, and then I can always be right again. And even if I mess up, praise God, God will always recalibrate my destination. He will always recalibrate my route to get me to where he's trying me to go. So even if I mess up, if I mess up, I ain't messed up because Jesus will always route, reroute me to where he's trying to get me to. Praise the Lord. The Bible says unrighteousness is sin. Sin leads to death. It may not be physical death, but it could be death of your mind, your money, relationships, health. So I don't want to be unrighteous because unrighteousness is sin. That's what the word says. And so what we got to do is know that we are the righteousness of God. All right. So God is righteous. We're going to wrap up. We're almost done, guys. All right. God, if you need to go, just go, but I'm going to finish this. God himself has become our righteousness. He imparted his nature and to us when we're born again. You don't have a form of God, but you have God and the fullness of who he is living on the inside of you. You have been made right by God and you have been made right for God. Say, I am made right by God and I am right for God. Amen. I know that this may be a difficult concept to grasp how you may sin, but you are still righteous. We didn't make the rules. God did. And he made them to cause him to always favor me. I didn't make the rules, baby. I didn't, I didn't create this thing. God did. God made the rules and he made them in such a way that it will cause him to always favor me if I operate in faith. Ain't that good? Ain't God good? He'll always favor me. He made up the rules so that I can always be favored by him. You are looking... You're looking at you in the physical. <laughs> ah, God is looking at the finished work. See, we get so caught up in where we are right now. When God is blessing you, he ain't looking at you right now. God is looking at your finished work. You're looking at your daily actions. God is looking at your finished work. You're looking at your weaknesses. God is looking at your finished work. You're looking at sickness. God is looking at the finished work. You're looking at your bank account, baby, but God is looking at the finished work. You're looking at poor relationship, but God is looking at the finished work. God is looking at what he had already established from the beginning. God is looking at the finished work. So why am I looking at the finished work? Because in the finished work, I am whole and I am complete. I am the righteousness of God and my faith never fails. I am just like my daddy. So I got to quit looking at what I see in the natural. 
and the finished work, it is done. It is whole. It is complete. God isn't messed up about your current because all he sees is your finish. All God sees is the blood of Christ covering you and the finished, completed work in Christ. That's all that he sees. That's good, Michael. I see that. He sees the expected end. Yeah, the one that he created for you. So when you're coming to God, hallelujah. I was reading the scripture the other day. And I probably read it a bunch of times, um, but I was reading it again in and, and Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches. See, you're looking at God, believing God for money for right now because people laid off and stuff like that. And you're looking at your bank account wondering and believing God. God ain't even looking at that. God says, I supply all your need based on my riches. I ain't looking at what you got because what you got don't matter. It's like when Aiden goes out to me, Aiden had some money the other day and we went, I think the Chick-fil-A, he's like, daddy, let me pay for it. And I said, no, nah, son, as long as it's with your daddy, I got you. You don't have need to spend yours when I got mine. God ain't even looking at what you got to be brought to the table. Why? He says, I supply you according to what I have. So why are you looking at your little RVS account, your, your first security or whoever you bank with? Why are you looking at that when God is saying, I am looking at my riches to supply your needs? So I can be in faith that God can do anything. But God, I thank you that my rent paid. I don't know how it's going to get paid. It's going to get paid according to his riches and glory. I don't know how I'm going to get healed. I'm going to get healed according to his riches and glory. I don't know how I'm going to find a husband, Lord. The Lord's like, you're going to get it by my riches. I am rich with men. I am rich with women that love me the way uh, I need them to love me. And they'll love you the way that I need you to love them. There's no shortage of men and women in the earth. Quit buying into that lie. Yo, your man is out there. Your woman is out there. But it, you will be supplied according to his riches. Quit looking at the earth and all these dating sites and all these things thinking about the man you're going to get or the woman you're going to get. God has them because it's in the riches for his glory. It was never about what you have, but it's always been about what God has. It's never about what I have. It's always been about what God has. When I know that I'm right, I freely walk into my father's house and I access his riches for me and my house and faith through faith in Christ Jesus. I am not under the law. The law has been abolished. My thinking that I live under the law is also abolished. Say, I live under grace. Hallelujah. And we're going to end right here. Y'all got five more minutes. We're going to be done. Romans 8 and 3. So now, let's go ahead and let's let's go ahead and put the cap on it. Romans 8 and 3. So now the case is closed. The, the message verse said, God went for the juggler. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointed of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. Praise God. Romans 8 and 3. Case is closed. You free, baby. The law of sin and death has nothing over you. It was limited. 
And what God did was send Jesus to abolish it. He said, yet God sent us his son in human form to identify with human weakness. Clothed with humanity, God's son gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt. Hallelujah. I am not guilty of anything. I do not operate in shame or guilt or the power of sin. It says in verse four, so now every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled. Every requirement of the law was fulfilled through Christ Jesus and not according to the flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Ghost. And so that's the perfect segue in the end for tonight, because next week we're going to talk about knowing the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in Christ. Because, because we are free to live. That's what the Bible says. We are free to live. How? Not according to our flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to pray with you real quick. If you guys can hang on and then we'll be done. Father, we see in your word that we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have provided certain rights for us. We receive them now in Jesus' name, and we thank you for, for them. As a new creation in Christ Jesus, we accept the gift of righteousness and all that gifts include, all that gift includes health, prosperity, peace, joy, and abundant life. We put aside every weight and sin that so easily trips us up. We now look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Your word also says that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and when we confess them. So we take this opportunity to confess any sin and get it out of our life in order to maintain our complete fellowship with you. We receive your forgiveness now in the name of Jesus. We may not feel righteous. We may not feel forgiven, but your word says it. So it must be true. Satan, we now put you on the we put on our Satan, we now put on the breastplate of our righteousness and we come against you with the sword of the spirit. According to your word, God, we can now reign in this life as a king. The power of sin and death in our lives have become over lives have been, been overcome. No longer are we ruled by the forces of evil, but by you, the God above all gods. We are more than a conqueror through you who loves us. We determine today to walk in conscience of our right standing with you, Lord, and with every step to draw closer and closer to you. Thank you for this gift of righteousness. Because of that gift, we can do all things through Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing who strengthens us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you guys so much for hanging in there with me. I know we went over a couple minutes, but I pray the word blessed your soul. Um, and like I said, make sure, guys, that you spend time in this word. God has not forgotten about you. He had you on the mind when he created the earth. You have all, you've been the only thing that he's been thinking about. For, for generations and generations and eons, God has had you in mind. And so know that he, his word has integrity. Know that you are redeemed. Know that you are a new creature in Christ. And know that you are the righteousness of of God. You are in right standing with him. And so as we leave tonight, be grateful, remain humble, and make sure if you don't have a church home, join us at 10 o'clock at Fellowship of Champions for our online service. 10 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, you can search Fellowship of Champions Church. Tuesdays, we have prayer at uh, 8 o'clock. 
uh, on the Fellowship of Champions page right here. So if you can come back right here at Sunday at 10, uh, join us for service and Tuesday at prayer. And then again, next week at 830, we'll be more than happy to have you here with us. And so we appreciate everything that you do at Fellowship of Champions. We're teaching you to walk in love, live by faith and experience God's prosperity in every area of your life. Be blessed and have a great night.